a Lifetime original podcast. Excellent. Did you see someone posted an Instagram story today that said, please do two episodes a week. One isn't enough. <laughs> I didn't see that. That's so lovely. <laughs> Are you OK, Meg? I mean, it just serves me right. Trying to give myself a damn compliment <laughs> and spill shit all over myself like a <laughs> hillbilly self-centered piece of corn. <laughs> piece of corn. I love a Lifetime movie. Totally proves he was a gay train builder. And that's beautiful. All of the townspeople cheer for the Christmas musical that is gay love. This movie, you know, it really felt like a warm bath. Oh my gosh, I just looked down and then realized I have other stains on this dress. (laughs) My damn stain moo-moo. All right. So everybody should fill out their Santa wish list. Pass them around. You two little boys got your Santa list. (laughs) Thank you, Mom. I don't have to ask Santa for anything this year. I already got it. Hello, all of our listeners that we love so much. Welcome back to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am one of your hosts, Megan Gailey, joined by our illustrious, intelligent, Mm. hilarious, (laughs) and groundbreaking (laughs) co-host, Naomi Ekparagan. Hi, Naomi. Hi, Megan. Wow, groundbreaking is a lie. But thank you so much. I love everything about it. I'm sure you've broken ground somewhere. Maybe somewhere. I don't know. I'm sure I was someone's. I'm sure I was someone's first black lover. That's what I. Many people. That is groundbreaking for them. (laughs) For them, exactly. How are you doing today? Where you at emotionally? Oh, emotionally, not good. Um, I actually said to my therapist today that I feel like there is a dark um, storm cloud above me. (laughs) No. Like a damn sad depression commercial. But oh my I do have to say seeing you and knowing that I'm going to get to see you in person. Naomi and I are going to outdoor brunch on Saturday. And it's on my calendar and it does give me something to look forward to. I know me too. I can't believe it. I also want to make sure everyone knows, you know, Megan picked a place and made a reservation of her own accord. That is what I need because I'm terrible at making decisions because I never want to be responsible for someone's um, hunger, I guess. Uh-huh. Like, I just don't, like, I get too nervous and I just don't like making decisions. So the fact that you did that, I've never felt so certain that I should see someone. Well, Do you know what I mean? Like, it really yeah. just solidified that for and, me. And you can tell that I have some of what you have because when I sent you the place, I was like, I've never been here, but the reviews are good. <laughs> you know, like, I was like, this is not my fault if it does not, if it's not good. If this avocado <laughs> toast is not delicious, we blame the people on open table. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I also feel like, you no, know, you and I, I mean, even with your dark cloud, uh, you know, even with my Wellbutrin not working, yeah. I will, I do feel like we are in really good moods. And I think that was because of the movie we watched this week. Like it was truly it was a, a breath spot. of fresh air. It was a bright was. spot in yep. the, the yep. dark cloud over me opened up and the sun came <laughs> out. And I think even some snowflakes came down. Oh my God, it's so magical. You guys, we are talking about the movie 
<sighs> the beautiful, sweet rom-com, The Christmas Setup, which was nominated for a GLAAD Award, wow. which was Lifetime's first Christmas movie with an LGBTQ holiday romance as its lead storyline, okay? If you have not seen it, and you can watch it on demand and on Lifetime Movie Club, yes, now, now, you can watch this Christmas movie in July for a lifetime summer of Santa's event. And if there's one thing I learned over the last year, time doesn't matter. <laughs> so let me just give you that log line. The Christmas setup. As they enjoy the local holidays together, Hugo and Patrick's attraction to each other is undeniable. But when Hugo gets a big promotion requiring a move to London, he must decide what is most important to him. Now, the best thing about this movie, or really the episode about this movie, is that, you guys, at the end, we will be having a cast reunion, all right? We have Mom, played by Fran Drescher, and the two leading men, Hugo and Patrick, played by Blake Lee and Ben Lewis. That's Thank you. Screaming. I was. That's, I needed the that's, No, I loved it. That's me going teenage girl wild for everybody. Um, and I do, I have not... Not that I can remember ever watched a holiday movie in the summertime and mm -hmm. it truly was refreshing. Like I, I, I almost liked it maybe more because you're, it's not <laughs> at the time when you're like watching right. only that stuff. Yeah. Like it was like, okay, yeah. let me take a break from all my trash reality that I watch. Yep. And now I'm in Milwaukee having a gorgeous Christmas vacation oh. and then oh. and then I left it again like it really did feel like a vacation I felt like I was transported to that time so I right. highly highly recommend if you're like why would I watch this in July you have to it's gonna you don't even need the Wellbutrin okay that's gonna jack you up absolutely orphans this is 300 milligrams this movie <laughs> has it all honey it's got meat cutes it's got kissing in the snow <sighs> it's got small town life it's got a dead dad <laughs> and even a railroad magnet who changes the course of the film Yes. I mean, it is a real, some unexpected twists and turns. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, you know, obviously not only are you and I two little storm clouds sometimes, but I think it's also that we keep watching movies about men murdering their wives well, and, yeah. and yeah, yeah, people yeah. stalking each other. Yes. So this was, you know what I mean? Like we're just used to watching a movie where it's like a woman fighting for her life. Uh -huh. And so it was very, very nice to not for just one, for just one week. And also though, Obviously, this movie is all about Christmas. Fran Drescher, who plays the mom, is a real Christmas fanatic mm -hmm. in the movie. And the moment I saw her, I was like, this is Peggy Gailey. Mm -hmm. Was that correct? I mean, uh, as, uh, considering I don't know her 100%. life. A hundred percent. My mom loves a holiday, especially Christmas. I mean, has certain like has like a whole little storage section of the house for her Dickens villages. You know, mm -hmm. so many decorations just Every, and and no one is there, you know, like it truly <laughs> is. It truly is just my mom and my dad and their dog who I think is blind. So it's like even he's not taking in the sights, but she does it up big time. We have a Christmas Eve party every wow. year. And now it goes to every like other year because we're, you know, the children are sprinkled about. But yeah, we my I mean, my mom has a special caterer, Reggie, that makes famous wow. sandwiches. Wow, wow, yes. wow. Okay, yes. I know what I'm doing this Christmas. Oh my gosh, All Naomi, right. you would be such a hit. People would love it. <laughs> I think CJ would love to have you there. You know, he, he sometimes he feels like maybe the only brown yeah. man at the Christmas Eve in Indianapolis. And <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I would love that. Quite honestly, I'm just... 
obsessed with the idea of Christmas setups of all kind. Romantic, platonic, sandwiches, outfits. <laughs> the point is, you guys, this movie made us happy yeah. and we're about to get into it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, so the movie opens on a wintry New York City skyline. Mm. We've got a pop song about the holidays playing, and I'm already loving it. Yes. And, and then we see Hugo, played by Ben Lewis. He's FaceTiming with his, like, bestie, Maddie, about his big, like, he's about to have an end-of-the-year review at his job. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, he's like, I'm going to ask for a raise, right? Don't psych yourself out. Just think of this as, like... Another year-end review. Well, easy for you to say. I've got a lot riding on this, Maddie. I know, but you're going to be great. And so he goes in there and he's like, I, you know, I've done such great work. Can I get a raise? I'm also taking notes at this point. Yeah. I'm like, how do you ask for a raise? Mm-hmm. You know, and then he's, his boss is like, we love your work, but we don't think you're going to be, we can make you partner. And then he's like, all I want for Christmas is to be partner. <laughs> if I'm not partner by the end of the year, I'm looking for another job. And, so and I said, mm, yeah, he, I thought it was good. It was, it was like a soft ultimatum, you know? So- and <laughs> when he was FaceTiming with Maddie, this is when I could tell that we had been watching only suspenseful thrillers because she yeah. puts an ice skate over her shoulder. And I was like, that's a murder weapon. Like, I was like <laughs> someone's throat is going to be slit with that ice skate. And then I was like, no, it's just a woman who's going ice yep. skating, Megan. It's okay. <laughs> Maddie is safe. <laughs> well, when they're going ice skating, it's Maddie's like, uh, we're having a family vacation in the Bahamas. I don't feel like it. And Hugo's like, well, why don't you come have Christmas with me and my family in Milwaukee? Yes. And Maddie's like, awesome. <laughs> now, I thought that was insane. <laughs> Who would ever turn? I've never been to the Bahamas. Yes. I've never done an island Christmas, but I can't imagine. Why would anyone turn that down to go to cold ass Milwaukee? So I have done a Bahamas family Christmas and uh, I'm not a surprised. Puerto Rico family Christmas. I've done a Hawaiian Christmas. I love a beach Christmas because I love a kitschy Santa, like a surfing okay. Santa. A Santa in a swim short, a Santa with a lay. I live for that shit. Um, But I do think like it is interesting to go from cold New York to cold Milwaukee. I think sometimes like out in L.A. we're like, let's Mm -hmm. go see some seasons. And the only time in the seasons is Christmas time because you do like the snow. So it is very confusing. But I think what we know without ever meeting Maddie's family is that they suck and she does not want to be around them, (laughs) you know? She's like, I'll go to Milwaukee over being with my family. And I I can see that. I've never, I'm trying to think if I've ever been to somebody else's house for Christmas. I, I look, in the movie, Hugo and Maddie have been friends since college, right? They go way back. So obviously she knows his family. But there's something about doing a holiday with another family that I feel like it would make me sad because this family has all these things and then they're like, we got you a sweater. Oh, like, I feel yeah. like I wouldn't want to do that. I am, um, you've done, you've, 
I mean, Andy's family is Jewish. So they celebrate Hanukkah, but you've been to his house for a holiday. Well, like a Seder moment, but okay. like Hanukkah for adults is not much. And most of the other holidays I go to involve eating, I do which have, is fine. I've been to significant other others houses twice, my husband and then an ex for Christmas. And their families gave me better presents than my own family. So <laughs> I'm just saying if it's the presents holding you back, you should go. <laughs> I mean, once we get to Hugo's mom's house in Milwaukee, though, you do realize why Maddie wanted to go. Because yes, it's magical. Mom, mom, Kate Spencer is played by none other than the nanny herself, Fran Drescher. OK, and she's automatically the best mom ever. As soon as she greets them, she's like, Hugo, you look so skinny. Thanks, mom. You look great. <laughs> and I was like. That's the greatest mother of all time. I wish I had her. My Whenever I see my mom, she goes, the incredible shrinking woman. Oh, that's gorgeous. And I'll, I'll be 15 pounds heavier. And it's like, well, <laughs> incredible. Something's happening. <laughs> I do love Fran in Milwaukee. Now, they do later say in the film that she was raised in New York. But just like right. Fran in Milwaukee feels so fun. And like Milwaukee needs a Fran. Well, and honestly, she's literally the only person keeping this town afloat because <laughs> she's like saving the abandoned train station. We're going to get to that, you guys. But she is like also so obsessed with Christmas and has a full a calendar for the next two weeks planned out for the family. There's something to do every day. When brother Aiden comes home from the military, they're going to do stuff with him. Like it's like it is go, go, go. Yeah. And the part I found very relatable is that she also has a long to-do list of things for Hugo to do, mm -hmm. which I felt very relatable because single moms love to give tasks, okay? Because I'm an only child of a single mother and my mother has had me moving couches. <gasps> she has had me painting walls. And it's like, all right, you birthed me. You birthed <laughs> me. And so I will do it. And I really felt that because he's like literally changing a light bulb on the ceiling. And I'm like, of course, of course, your mom waited for you to come home to give you all this shit to do. But this moment of him fixing stuff around the house is quickly broken when the Christmas tree is being delivered. Oh, that's an exciting time. We, and this, I will say, this is the best meet cute oh, of all time. Yes. Okay. Because basically Hugo sees this guy delivering the tree and she, he's like, oh my God, Patrick Ryan. Who and he like immediately freaks out. Yeah. He like immediately freaks out. <laughs> You okay? I'm fine. Can I help you? Is Kate here? Oh, well, she's out, but I'm her son. Oh, I'm just uh, delivering the tree. Can I give you a hand? That'd be great. And we see Patrick, and he is a classic, handsome lumberjack. You know, like a little bit yeah. of scruff, not like a long, long beard, and just like so hot. Just yeah. very... Hot. Um, I did date a man named Patrick <laughs> Ryan once, and so this was jarring for me. And it was around Christmas time. So, but this what? is a different man. Um, so Patrick <laughs> is delivering the Christmas tree, and Hugo is trying to play it like, you know, when you're trying to play it off that you don't remember someone, and then it just comes across as very like awkward. That is what is happening. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right, go. Slid right in. <laughs> just right here. Yeah. You good? Got it? Yeah. All right. I don't know if you remember, but I was a few years ahead of you at Jackson High. It's Hugo, right? Good memory. Do you remember me? I think so. You're, um... 
Patrick. Patrick, Patrick, of course. But um, there is chemistry and some fun sexual innuendos with this tree delivery. They're talking about like, you take the bottom, you take the top. And I said, guys, I said, okay, Lifetime, you're going to go there. You're going to go there and I'm here for it. And Patrick doesn't know that Hugo's gay at this point. So he's like, huh? And Hugo's like, (laughs) and it's like, (laughs) and then he's like, nice and easy. Okay. Uh, Nice going up. Yep. Ah, a little to the left, I think. Uh, Actually, you know what? Could you just lift the whole thing up? Straight. Excuse me? The tree. (laughs) And you get the vibe that Patrick was cool in high school and he was a few years older. And just in case you guys didn't know, the actors who play Hugo and Patrick are married in real life. And so from moment one, you're seeing that chemistry, honey. You're seeing that tension. But that's neither here nor there because really what I want you to do is listen to Hugo give Maddie the tea on Patrick after he sees him. Everybody loved Patrick. He was senior class president, just this super confident whiz kid. He was voted most likely to rule the world. Well, that's a bit much. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like the kind of guy in a secret. Not in high school, he was totally out. Okay, okay. So Patrick was out, okay? Popular boy, but he was out in high school. Hugo was like, (laughs) I was like, oh my God. that's groundbreaking. (laughs) Hello, in Milwaukee? In Milwaukee? In like what, 1999, yeah. I imagine? No, they're they're young. I feel in 2007, who knows? They're, they're babies to me. But, um, you know, but you think it's like, okay, nothing's gonna happen. But again, this is a movie called The Christmas Setup. So of course, Patrick leaves his work gloves mm-hmm. and Maddie and Hugo go to the Christmas tree lot. Mm-hmm. Come on, you guys, to return these gloves. And I was so annoyed because immediately Maddie and Hugo are like acting like a couple. Like I think she has that's her just arm around him. Though. I think that's I just like how they act. But you can tell that Patrick is like bummed and is like, oh, this beautiful woman that he's with, that they're finishing right. each other's sentences. This is obviously his spats in some way. You in from New York? Oh, you know, it's a miracle we'll both even here getting Hugo to take time off work. Maddie thinks I work too much. I do not. It's just that we never get to take vacations anymore. That's true. Absolutely, because they're linking arms and we we already know Hugo wasn't out when he was younger, so how's Patrick to know? And, but I feel like Maddie was like, I want to come with you, but then she was a terrible wing woman. Right. I was like, if you're trying to help him, don't link arms with him. No. Be like, wow, this lighting out here looks so good on you. Oh no, I'm, <laughs> we're just, fr- you know, make it like very yeah. obvious and then shower him with compliments. And Patrick too, Absolutely. I would butter up Patrick. So we learn that Patrick is not um, only a Christmas tree farmer, which actually sounds sexy now that I say it. And if that's all you are, then that's <laughs> very hot. Um, my husband <laughs> makes memes, you know, so like, <laughs> a lot of different ways to be hot in this world um, and accomplished. We learn that Patrick created an app and is and sold it and is now very rich and has already retired, which does happen in Silicon Valley. Oh, my God. But um, listen to what the app is. She's like a 21st century version of the Magic 8 ball. So you can ask her anything about your future and she will give you an answer. She uses uh, statistical models to predict the chances of anything happening. But you can't really predict the future. Numbers never lie. Huh? <laughs> what? What? Cassandra. What's this app? 
Cassandra. I was like, okay, it's for the children. You know, they're like, kids love it. Yeah. But I just loved in that moment too, in that clip, the way Hugo says love. He's like, love? Yeah. You know, it's like very full of longing. And I was like, very this princess. movie is- like, yes. Love. Love? <laughs> um, and the other thing we kind of get after this moment where they meet up with each other is that there's this old train station in the town that every year they have like a Christmas Eve party where kids get to put their letters to Santa on the train. And it's mm-hmm. like the idea that, you know, the train is going to go to Santa, right? Cute. We love it. But then Hugo is like, Hugo finds out the train station is about to be demolished, demolished basically. Right. Cause they're like, well, it's not really a landmark. And so, you know, it's literally an out of work train station. Why do we still have this here? So it's like, and Hugo's like, no, this is my childhood. Yeah. And Kate we, loves and it. Kate, she had she planned a sit-in to preserve this train station, okay? Mm-hmm. She's out here giving us civil rights realness. And we stand a community organizing queen. We love to see it. But that lets you know what a big deal this train station is for our main characters, but also the community. It's really like the, um, it's the heart of, it. like that's what it sort of was symbolizing, the home and the heart mm-hmm. of, Anyone that cares for it. Um, Is that like a literary tool? What am I trying to think of? Oh, like a metaphor? Like a literary device? I don't know. Who knows what I'm talking about? I mean, it's just a damn Christmas movie. I don't need to like be. But there are symbols everywhere. Yes, yes, yes. that's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Okay, so then Patrick and his dad, Frank, who is a very handsome silver fox. Love him. They come by to drop off some flowers and then... This is when we realize that Patrick definitely thought Maddie was Hugo's wife because he says that. And luckily, they quickly correct him. No, no, gay, straight, single. <laughs> uh, who's gay? Who's, who's straight? Gay, straight, single, <laughs> single. Single. Okay. And there's also this kind of little moment between Kate and Frank. There are times when being a straight guy feels exceptionally boring. (laughs) (laughs) That's me, Frank. (laughs) Okay, so everyone in this movie is horny. This is a has a very horny energy. This exchange between everyone is a horny time. Wow. Okay. I don't know. I'm so cold during that time. Mm. You know what I mean? Like to me, you know, I remember hooking up during Christmas, you know, like in New York City, honey. Yeah. I'd have so many layers of clothes on. By the time I got undressed, it was time to get dressed again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and like, you're like, once I take off the you're doing that cold long sweat. Johns. Like it's like, you know, oh, oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny. It's, it's, <laughs> but I love that Kate is trying to get it. Mom is trying to get it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want that for Fran Drescher mm-hmm. at all times, mm-hmm. but also, you know, obviously want that for her character, Kate, in the movie because her husband died. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she's a widow. She's out here just trying to have a wonderful holiday with her sons. And I just want her to have love. Mm-hmm. So the next few scenes are just sort of like set up that Patrick is this handsome, good hearted woodsman and Hugo yes. is a big city lawyer. So they're even though they're from the same place, they are different now. We do meet Hugo's cousin, who is an alderman. And as Naomi pointed out in the notes, neither one of us knows what an alderman does. I do know from living in Chicago that most aldermen go to federal prison um, because that (laughs) is what happens in Chicago. Uh huh. That sounds right. So, but that I don't sounds think, right. I don't think cousin Jimmy. Cousin Jimmy seems like a wonderful man, um, and I don't think he's embezzling from organizations that need the money. I don't. Okay. 
We don't know what an alderman does, but quite honestly, we don't even need to get into it. The point is Jimmy loves Christmas and Hugo is really just having this conversation because he's waiting for Patrick because they're supposed to get hot chocolate. And Hugo waits and he waits. And obviously it's Christmas time and Patrick is a Christmas tree farmer. He has work to do. Of course, he's like an hour late, more than an hour late. And he's like, I'm so sorry. But Hugo's like, "Mm, I'm going to go. You know, we'll be done in an hour. Why do you stick around? No, I I don't think so. It's been a long day and uh, I was just headed home. Later... Hugo finds out that mom kept dad's workbench intact. Yeah. And Hugo's like, he's moved. He's like looking at the bench and he's like, oh, memories. Oh, things I never finished. And then Patrick comes by to apologize. And is like, can we have another date? And then Hugo's like, uh. But then Kate, mom Kate, is like, uh, Patrick, what do you think about these lights? Too much? Not enough? You can never have enough Christmas lights. Right? Yeah. That's what I say. Would you mind helping Hugo string some up on the roof? Because me and Maddie are never getting on that ladder. Um, yeah, I'd okay. be happy to help. Okay, then. <laughs> I'll just leave you two boys to it. <laughs> now that's a wing woman. Yes. Can we talk about it? Yes. So they go up on the roof of Kate's house. They're putting up the lights. They are flirting on a roof. Um, Could you grab those balls off the shelf? <laughs> um, and then the ladder falls down and Maddie and Kate see it fall down and they hear Hugo and Patrick yelling, but they're like, mm, not going to help them. And it's just, it's like <laughs> just good old fashioned sweetness happening. A good old fashioned sweetness. And, you know, it's funny about this movie because literally every scene is like a new event for either in Hugo's house or in the town to the point where I don't even know what day it is. Milwaukee I'm like, is this busy, December 20th? It, Milwaukee has a busy Christmas cultural calendar. <laughs> Jam-packed. There was just, there's like a big Christmas party for the kids where, you know, Jimmy the Alderman is supposed to dress up as Santa and he's going to read to the kids. And then of course the time comes, you know, Jimmy's sick. Yeah. So who fills in? Hugo, the man from the city who's surly. Yeah. You know, but they don't they don't give him like a pillow. So he's a very thin Santa, which I know people say don't trust a thin chef. I don't trust a thin Santa, but he does read the children a night before Christmas. And we get this just like Patrick looking at him longingly like he can read. (laughs) The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And then because of this beautiful realization he has watching him read to the children, they share this moment. You're great with kids. You really embraced your inner Santa out there. We're willing to let go and have fun. Not everyone can do that. My friends in New York would not describe me as a a letting go kind of guy. Ugh, we love it. We love it. They're so in love. It's a vacation fling. Um, that feels like it has heart, which, you know, we we don't want it to end. Like when you hear just a week or so, you're like, no, I know. But it's like, it can't really be that much of a fling when you're like hanging out with mom. Do you know what I mean? There's something about like meeting the family and being around the family that feels very legitimate, very, like you're setting a long-term bond. And, And also then Patrick sets up a late dinner. For him and Hugo, among the Christmas trees, he's got wine. He's got string lights. He's got candles. He's got Hugo's favorite sandwich, which he found out from mom. And I'm like, okay. Wow. Patrick is in love with you. Patrick is in love with you. Wait a minute. How did you know that subs are my favorite? I I asked Cassandra. 
Yeah, right. You asked my mom. It was more gorgeous than like a date set up on The Bachelor. Like it just was yeah. really because it felt really authentic, too. He's like, this is my tree lot. Oh, I right. forgot he runs a foundation, too. Yeah, he's just wonderful. Um, oh, yeah, he's helping people. What do you think you and Andy would be like in a rom-com? Um, I don't think we would have the chemistry of Ben and Blake in this movie. I think it would be a lot of bickering. I think it would be mostly, you know, the the, um, the early part of when's Harry met Sally, but without the um, New Year's Eve return. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you know what, what about you and CJ? Um, I think we would be, it would be really sporty. Uh-huh. There would be a lot of, um, we went to a basketball game last night and I think we could do it. Yeah. I, I, we have fun together. I don't know. I, I, I don't think there would be sex scenes, but I think there would be, I think people would be able to see our chemistry and we're not, we're not a gay couple, but we're an interracial couple. And I hope, I hope that would be groundbreaking for Lifetime too. <laughs> now, but look, what would the conceit be? Like, you know, is he like, is he an athlete or is he like a, you know, like does he own a team and you're like the plucky reporter no, assigned to cover I, the beat? I think it would be like, I'm a woman that's just so into my career. I don't have time for a nice guy like you, only bad guys. That's the only guys I have time for. And then he just has to sort of like chip away at my hard exterior. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, he proposes to me on a jumbotron and I'm like, ah, you know, love it. <laughs> Oh, my God. That is so funny. And would watch. (laughs) Um, Anyway, at the dinner, Patrick is telling Hugo how Milwaukee is like popping off for the LGBTQ plus community. Patrick is like, stuff is going on here. There is a place for gay teens. Like, there's so much. And Hugo's like, wow, I wish we had had that when we were kids. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But he's like, but it also makes him happy because, again, you know, Hugo. And I think a lot of people or rather I've met a lot of people who are from um non-big cities or the middle of the country who like really are like, I'm about living in New York. I'm about living in LA. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of for them, this almost like identity shift, Mm -hmm. you know? And they like don't want to go back. They don't want to be home because they don't want to be the person they were at home. And I feel like that's Hugo in this movie, you know? So like, because he's like, Milwaukee was not a place to be out. Milwaukee is just cold and boring. And then Patrick is like, actually, you can be gay AF here. Yeah. Well, and Patrick was out in high school, so it does kind yeah. of shake Hugo's worldview. It's like he he could have been out. He just was not at the place where he felt comfortable and like, so, it, but that, you know, seeing his mom and how much she loves and accepts him. It's like that was that was like a, a boy struggling with it, not right. not based totally. on what was actually happening around him. Right, 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 right. But Hugo's feeling so good after his romantic dinner with Patrick that he's like, I am going to finish the chair that me and my dad started before he died. And you're like, oh, my God, Patrick is bringing him back. Oh, Hugo, you fixed the chair. Oh, boy, that means the world to me. Kate is so happy. And and then she takes the family to the train station that's about to be demolished. And there's going to be one last Christmas Eve party there. Wow, this is very Peggy. Um, And that (laughs) she's going to go all out since it'll be the last one. Right. Oh, this is exciting now. Okay. next we get a new character. Oh, my God. This is mid-movie. I was not expecting it. (laughs) 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hugo's big brother, Aiden, shows up from Munich, München, um, where he is in the Air Force and he is hot. Mom, Hugo. Aiden, Aiden. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Oh my God, you look so skinny. Hot, hot, hot. Now we've got a third hottie on our screen. And I was feeling kind of like, wow, Hugo keeps going to do all these like fun romantic things. And he brought Maddie home with him. And Maddie is just like hanging out. She didn't seem (laughs) upset or anything, but there was part of me that's like, what is Maddie doing this whole time? Well, good news for Maddie. She sees Aiden and she's like, what's up? You know? Hey, Maddie. Man, it's been forever, huh? I haven't seen you since before the Air Force. You've <laughs> changed. Well, but I also noticed, so this movie, like, you know, when Aiden and Hugo see each other, there's like this awkward hug handshake, which I thought was so well done because it instantly tells you like straight brother, gay brother, they've never been close, right? The dynamic, like they don't really know how to hug each other. Cause I was like, why are you shaking hands? You are truly related. And so it was like a handshake into a hug. And I was like, that is real. That is a strange family through and through. Mm -hmm. So now that Aiden is in town, they are all going caroling. Have you ever caroled? Never in a million years. I think I have, actually. Um, I, was it fun? I was like, you know, again, I grew up in Harlem, though, so you ain't knocking on people's door. But I'm like, I don't like because here's the thing I don't get about caroling. How long are you there? Do you do one song per house? It's definitely I, I don't think you can just like go out in the streets and do it. It needs to be something that like people are like, yes, come to my house. I think there should I be see. a sign up sheet. Um, we used to do it in choir. So we would go to retirement communities and that's a mm-hmm, captive mm-hmm. audience. You know, if you got wheels right. there, you're sitting there. <laughs> and so yeah. we would sing for them and then this thing of just like random people showing up at your door. I don't think that happens. Even in this, Mm -hmm. she's like, we're on Carol street. Like Kate knows, Uh (laughs) she knows her, her boundaries. And she's like, that's where we go. That's where we sing. Okay. This is the first house. Everyone give me a C. Uh... That'll do. What I love, though, is that she has she makes everyone wear a festive hat. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm short one songbook. Aiden and Maddie, you have to share. Wow. Again, mom is doing it. Wing womaning best in the game. The thing is, Maddie was a surprise guest. You know, like Maddie exactly. wasn't even supposed to be coming. Surprise guest. And she goes, I got someone for her. Listen, I got a son. I, I got a son for her. 
<laughs> so as they're singing, Hugo gets a call from his boss. He has to step away. And at this point, I'm like, I think this is like December 23rd. I wish, I hope this boss <laughs> is going on vacation. I wanted to let you know that I heard you the other day. And you really advocated for yourself. And that's what we want in a leader. We'd like to make you a partner. But you have to be willing to go anywhere we send you. Okay. We'd like you to open our new London office. Oh my God. And so of course Hugo's like, this is amazing. But then what does he do? He looks at Patrick. Yeah. And Patrick's like, Hugo, come over here. We need you. Oh, subtext. Made meta text. Is it meta? No, sub meaning. The point is it was supposed to be subtext, but it was very obvious what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. He needed Hugo. Yeah. Anyway, the next day Hugo tells Maddie about London. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Maddie's really excited, but Hugo Hugo's excited, but you can tell he's like not that excited and then Aiden is talking to his mom and is like is Maddie single and Kate's and then Kate's mom like, is like mm. you should you should ask her this is all while they're at the train station again getting it set up and Patrick shows up with an even bigger Christmas tree for the train station but you can tell that Hugo's energy has shifted he's like yeah. starting to put up a wall because he knows he's moving to a damn foreign country what am I doing Maddie I mean, I'm going home right after Christmas, and who knows the next time I'm going to see him. This is crazy. Maddie goes to pick up a wreath, and lo and behold, Aiden is there to pick one up, too. And they realize that Kate's crossed wires, quote unquote, is really her just sending them Mm -hmm. to the same place at the same time so they'll get together, which, like, they were going to do anyways. At the same time, Patrick (laughs) and Hugo are up in the office of... Edgar Carroll. He is the man who designed and built the train station. And they are going through his papers. Hugo, because everything is like as it was yes, in the past. Yes. Like this is literally like ni- this this man lived in like 1901 and yet his office has been untouched for 100 years. Hugo puts on those like Orville Redenbacher glasses and Patrick's yes. like, "No, don't touch the papers." You know, like everything feels like it could disintegrate at any moment. As they're going through Edgar Carroll's papers, they make this discovery. When he died, there was no family, and he left a lot of his estate to someone named D. Ashby. Look at this. The two of them traveled the world. They spent Christmas Eve together, too. And he left him most of his estate? Do you think? Well, that'd be romantic. Favorite part of the a movie. dead gay historical figure. Dead gay historical figure. Woo! And so this is huge. And now Hugo is determined to stop the train station from being torn down. He's like, we have got to save this. Edgar was a gay icon. <laughs> and you're just like loving. It's like historically, but then also in the present, we've got these two young men feeling each other. It's almost like the ghost of Edgar Carroll is like, when you're in my office, you engage in a homosexual love affair <laughs> because, because they're about to kiss. Like, what you know, Hugo and Patrick are about to kiss, which again, I'm saying is the, is the energy of Edgar Carroll. And then Patrick's phone pings basically. And it like kind of takes them out of it. And he's like, it's and Cassandra. It's- and you're like, that bitch. And then you're like, oh no, that's the app he invented. I forgot, I forgot. <laughs> exactly. And he had set the app up to give him an alert of when it, there was a good time to see the Northern Lights. Which I didn't know was they possible were gonna be- in Wisconsin. But thrilling. I didn't either. Thrilling. I know. We should go on a damn and pilgrimage. He- <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
Of course, Hugo's like, what are you talking about? And Patrick's like, trust me, Cassandra says it's like a 42% chance. And like, that's kind of a running theme of the movie is that, you know, Patrick is about numbers and probability and he's meant to be the guy who's more like the facts are the facts. Even though it's funny because I feel like Hugo's the one who's like, he's the lawyer. I don't want any. Yeah, he's the lawyer. They have more in common than they even want to admit. They don't want to admit it. They don't want to admit it. But Hugo agrees. He's like, fine, I'll go see if these lights show up that you're talking about. (laughs) But I will say there's a moment where they're joking about who's more nerdy than the other. Uh And Patrick doesn't know who Encyclopedia Brown is. And I was like, ah, okay, I don't know if this is a worthwhile lover. Well, I loved Encyclopedia let Brown. Let me books. look up Encyclopedia Brown. It was a book series, and it was this boy who was smart, yes. and he would like solve. Yes, cases. I, re- I remember him, but I did need to Google it. So I'm just saying, like, maybe we give Patrick the benefit of the doubt that Encyclopedia Brown went out of his memory. Head. That's what I'm saying. All right, okay? all right, but. It doesn't matter because these two non-dorks that think they're dorks but are actually hot gay men (laughs) get to see the Northern Lights. Oh my God. Is this, this is incredible. And as they're looking at them, they finally kiss. Oh, I've never wanted anything so bad. And it's a good kiss. It was very satisfying. It's very satisfying. And so it's like, okay, I guess the app is perfect. So, you know, Hugo's already flying high, right? Like they finally get their kiss. And then Hugo's like back in his dad's workshop. And his whole plan is to make this sort of like miniature model of the town to surprise their mom for this Christmas Eve party. So he's working on that through most of the movie. Now everybody is at game night. Maddie, Aiden, they're cozy next to each other. Hugo, Patrick, they're cozied up. And Kate is running this Christmas-themed, like, trivial pursuit, basically. Yeah. (laughs) And everybody is having a really fun time until Maddie lets it slip that Hugo is moving to London for a promotion. London! London seems too obvious. I think that's a mistake. Well, Aiden's a sore loser. Mom, give me my phone. I gotta do my due diligence. Where is it? Ah, it's here. Sore loser. London. Yeah, where are you moving to? Huh? (sighs) It's like Maddie again. Maddie, hush. She didn't mean to. They were talking about chickens, and she's like. London, well, you'll figure out when you live there. I probably would have done the same thing. And it's also weird that Hugo hasn't told anybody that he's moving, which he's obviously not telling because he is holding back because he doesn't want to admit that he's asked to go away from Patrick, I think. Yeah, I think Patrick and his mom, right? Because like, I think it's like both of them. He's like, I don't he's like, I don't want to ruin the Christmas vibe. So I'm not going to say anything. But of course, now he has to. And Patrick is... You know, he's like sad and feeling kind of, you can tell like his mood shifts. You know, yeah. Patrick is like, oh, so you're leaving. And then basically the night kind of ends, you know, mom's sad, Patrick's bummed. And then Hugo's like, I'm going to go to bed. And then Maddie and Aiden have wine by the fire. Yeah, they're like, we're and not going like, to let this ruin our night though. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, God. And then finally, finally, Hugo and Patrick have this conversation. I just wasn't prepared to talk about the job yet, and honestly, I'm a little overwhelmed. London. I love London. Now I'll have someone to visit. Yeah. Still not sure about it yet. You'll figure it out. 
Sometimes it's okay to not know what's around the corner. You know, I really wish I could be one of those people. I'm just not. <laughs> Let's just enjoy the time we have for now. Thank God. But I also like, Megan, here's my thing though. Patrick is a tech millionaire. Just move to London. You should have a second apartment there anyway. Mm, yeah, but he really loves Milwaukee. That's insane. That's where his heart is. That's where his heart is. Ugh, I don't know about that. I mean, Hugo is also still like making this model city. Mm-hmm. And like, and like while he's doing that, Aiden's helping him. And then Maddie brings some info to him about that he looked up about the train station. Listen to this. According to this, he left the train station to the Carroll Avenue Neighborhood Association. What? Is that possible? Mm-hmm. The deed was never properly filed. And the city cannot issue a demo permit on a building it doesn't technically own. Wow. Okay. Wow. I okay. I was once sent on a mission like this uh, for trying <laughs> to get a historic, like almost like the exact same thing, but I was not a lawyer. And so I was just like looking at <laughs> old documents, like, I don't know. And as I watched the scene, I'm like, oh yeah, you have to know what you're reading to be able to do this. <laughs> but they found a loophole and it's very exciting. But I did not know, like, who would have thought urban planning and estate law would be the crux of this film? Do you know what I mean? Like, the high point is, like, we found a loophole. They can't tear it down. And I'm like, I'm invested in Edgar Carroll's legacy at this point. Well, and you know there's people that wanted that new train kiosk. So, like, what is the metaphor? I don't know. But there is one there. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the next time we see everybody together, they're at a drag Christmas party Hosted by Gladys Claus. It's the magic hour, ladies and gents, and everybody in between and outside. I'm the fabulous Gladys Claus, and it's time to get you into the Christmas groove. She is Mrs. Claus in drag, and Mm. they do say there's an open mic, and that's when I was like, (laughs) Naomi and I should get up there and tell some (laughs) jokes, I think. (laughs) Should we go to Milwaukee? Yes. And just do and just perform in Milwaukee. Yeah, I, I I do have to say that if you are throwing a party, do not have an open mic. Um, just for <laughs> singing, speeches, comedy, say the mic is closed. The mic is Absolutely. invite only. But <laughs> that is not the case here. We get Patrick like having a come to Jesus with Hugo right. and being like, I want to make this work, basically. Right. Yeah. 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 And then absolutely. And then Hugo goes up to sing because it's an open mic and he does a <laughs> really touching rendition of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. And Patrick is watching it. And then as he's seeing him, much like the the reading to the children, he you mm-hmm, can see mm-hmm. the emotion on his face and him being like, I really like this guy, but now this guy's leaving. And so he runs out and then they do this. Are you okay? Was the singing that bad? No, you were great. You know, just, um, I thought I could do this, but I, I don't think I can. Do what? Just, you know, our time's running out, so. But I, I thought you said we should enjoy the time that we have left. Yeah, well. I'm sorry. I just, I don't think we should see each other anymore. No, I'm gutted. Uh, I'm gutted. I know. It's, Patrick I know. had just said that he wants to make it work, but it's all too I much. Know. It's all too much. I know. I like can't, I, 
Look, you know that's what has to happen in a Christmas rom-com. I just really was like, I think I would rather watch a movie of their actual real-life marriage where everything is fine and there's no drama because all I want is for them to be together. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, don't, don't put up walls, boys. Come on. Uh So while Hugo is like reeling from this, he finds out that Maddie has decided to stay in town an extra week to be able to go to a New Year's party with Aiden. And Hugo's like, yeah, but how are you guys gonna make this work? You don't live in the same place. And Aiden's like, she just is really special and we'll figure it out. And that definitely is sort of an epiphany for Hugo. Right, absolutely. And, you know, I think that is on top of then, again, Hugo's in his favorite place, the office of Edgar Carroll, the old train station owner. And- he finds an old picture with a note that Edgar wrote that totally proves he was a gay train builder. (laughs) And that's beautiful because so now Hugo was like, okay, if Edgar Carroll could find love in like 1901. And my military brother can make a long distance romance work. Then like I'm rich, Patrick's rich. We should be able to make this happen. Absolutely. So, you know, then mom gives Hugo an early Christmas present, which is like the da- dad's old tools. And it's basically like, you love woodworking. And I didn't at first understand this moment, but I think it's kind of like sh- to show Hugo, like there are more things beyond being a lawyer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like, y- there was stuff about this place that you loved. Yeah. Like it wasn't all so bad when you were growing yeah. up the way you might remember it. So we're at the train station for this huge Christmas Eve party. And Fran Kate has outdone herself. It looks gorgeous. Everybody is Mm -hmm. there but Patrick. Um, So Hugo shows his mom the miniature model of the town. She is loves it so much. She sees the house. She sees the train station. (laughs) And then she is giving a speech to everybody there talking about the development when this with the train station and then right like this might be our last Christmas here Christmas Eve and so it's like let's just live it up and (laughs) and then we get another open mic situation where Hugo (laughs) is called up to the mic because he's the big shot lawyer and he gives a speech about how this is really home for the first time in a long time I feel genuinely excited about the future being back for the holidays I've realized that like Mr. Carroll, this is where my heart is. And as he's in the middle of his speech. Who walks in? Patrick walks in. Come on, you know he, you know he does. And he's like, afterwards, he's like, did you mean it? Is this home? And then Hugo shows Patrick the picture of Edgar and his lover, Ashby. And it's like, look, they were gay and in love. If they could be gay and in love, I want to make this work. <laughs> And then it is very tender when Patrick says he got everything he wanted from Santa this year. So everybody should fill out their Santa wish list. Pass them around. You two little boys got your Santa list. (laughs) Thank you, Mom. I don't have to ask Santa for anything this year. I already got it. Oh! 
Oh, I love a Christmas romance. I love when adults talk like children. I know. So they head outside of the train station. The train from the North Pole has just pulled up. And you know that because there's very old men outside of it. And (laughs) Kate is shaking the old men's hands. And then, oh, just perfectly on cue, a light flurry of snow starts to come down. And Patrick and Hugo kiss as all of the townspeople cheer for the Christmas musical that is gay love. No, as all (laughs) of the townspeople cheer for the Christmas miracle that is gay love. But then also, as they're kissing, mom is taking a picture of their kiss. Of course. Which, again, she is very involved in their lives. I'm like, okay, Christmas kiss, but it will be a wonderful memory. Everything looks like a snow globe. Everyone's in love. And it just really... It did. This movie, you know, it really felt like a warm bath. Mm -hmm. It really felt like a warm bath. And I just like, oh my God, Megan, if it felt like we were like talking really fast, I don't know about you. I'm just really excited to get to our interview. Yeah. Because we are now going to talk to the stars of the Christmas setup, you guys, Fran Drescher, Ben Lewis, and Blake Lee. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You can hear the excitement in my voice and in Naomi's giggle. We are joined by <laughs> the stars of the Christmas setup, Ben Lewis, Blakely, and the one and only Fran Drescher. Thank you so much Woo! for being here. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Now, had you, any of you, were any of you like lifetime movie heads? There is no wrong answer. Like, were you lifetime movie watchers or like Christmas movie watchers in general before you did this movie? If there's really no wrong answer, then the answer is no. No. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. No, that's good. (laughs) No, we were not really familiar with the genre. Okay. For years, Lifetime uh, ran the nannies. Yes. And they also did a a nanny reunion show. Um, And I think they did a Fran Drescher biography, too. Okay, wow. Okay, run the channel, honey. Run the channel. I've been a huge lifetime fan. Wow, wow. Okay, speaking of The Nanny, it it is now on HBO Max. And so there is this whole new group and generation of people that are viewing it for the first time. What has that experience been like to have all these new fans? Oh, it's unbelievable. It's so great. Right now I'm writing the musical for Broadway with my... Writing partner and gay ex-husband Peter Mark Jacobson. And, I live. Uh, I live. You know, it's just kind of a gift that keeps on giving. I mean, it's it's like on HBO Max. It's just off the yeah. scale. Um, it's got such a strong presence, and everybody's been so excited, and it's been trending on social media. So I, I, I'm so pleased. I'm just really grateful, and uh, you know, it's just. I'm watching it now because I haven't seen it without commercials in decades. And 
It's so yeah. good. I'm really loving it. It, is. it holds Thank up. You. It's so like, good. You, it nobody's up. been canceled from it. You know, no. like <laughs> I, nothing problem. There's no like, oh, we got to pull that one nanny episode. Yeah. It's like, it's all <laughs> good. It's all beautiful. When Ben and I found out that Fran was doing it, the movie with us, we like just did our homework and watched like the first two seasons like while we were in <laughs> this quarantine was, this was pre hbo max though yeah. so it was uh-huh. like yeah uh, and we we did it old school on dvd uh, wow. on dvd wow DVD. Love yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. that's great i mean that's yeah. a back-end deal then fran's getting yeah. a cut of that you know we, <laughs> yeah. should yes, all be on, we should all be getting dvd too <laughs> <laughs> when do you film a christmas movie for it to be ready to come out for christmas we did it late. Wait, I mean, it was September, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It was September, October. And then it aired literally that December. No. So it was the crazy. Yeah. yeah. The turnaround oh, yeah. Lifetime was Lifetime don't play. Yeah, yeah, they don't, don't play. play. Yeah. Lifetime is like ready. Yeah. Well, they do like 75 million yeah. Christmas <laughs> right. Right. They got a system now. <laughs> I'm sure they started. But only <laughs> one, only one gay one. Seven, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> only yeah. one GLAAD award nominee. Mm-hmm. Now, thank you. Friend. Thank you for that. Fran, Blake tells me you love Christmas. And initially, you know, I saw it, you know, for me, you are famously Jewish. It's one of my favorite things about you. I'm going to be a Jewish wife one day. So I'm inspired. And I was like, what is this Hanukkah erasure? But then Blake said you love Christmas. So talk to me about like, how close is your Christmas experience to that of Kate Spencer's who goes all out to the max for two weeks? (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, I definitely love having friends and family over for the holidays. I always get a tree. I have boxes of ornaments that I've collected over the years. And every year I always have my guests arrive with an ornament. So it's all filled with things that people picked out from my tree. And you know, I'm really a Buddhist. I mean, I'm like a Buddhist. So oh, I live for that. Okay. Wow. 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 Because, yes, because I call my lover my Jew boo, and that's just a Jewish boo. But now you're telling me you're a boo Jew, and my mind is blown. Keep going. Keep going. I'm really down with anything that makes me feel happy and has a good nature and spirit and brings the best out in people. So any opportunity to celebrate and listen to Chris mm-hmm. holiday music and you know it's just the spirit of the holiday for me yeah. is really um a one of rejoicing and coming together with family and friends so Beautiful. Uh, you know, all of that is all good. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't mean to just be one thing. Yeah. Baby Jesus his, himself couldn't have said it better, Fran. That was beautiful. <laughs> I, I don't know about any of you, but I've actually been to Bethlehem. I actually saw where the baby was. Wow. What? Okay, <laughs> the nanny streaming on HBO Max. Okay, <laughs> you want to also just plug that she saw where baby Jesus was born, oh. and you can watch the nanny on HBO Max. You would make Mac. an amazing Mary, you know. Yeah. That could be something. <laughs> I, I don't, just throwing it out there. Or after. You kind of have to love Christmas to be in a Christmas movie. I mean, like, by the time you had been on set for this movie and then, like, when Christmas came around that year, were you like, uh, no more hot chocolate? I can't. <laughs> or are you, are you still in the spirit? 
No, no. I'm, I, you know, honestly, I was tempted the other day when I was looking at my menu of stations on Pandora, and I do have a classic Christmas station. Should I? You know, it's almost summer, but hmm, I don't know. <laughs> ben and Blake, like, are you guys really Christmas heads? We have become them. I think Ben's, you know, Ben's family is super Christmas family oriented. So, like, Ben's house that we go home to every Christmas looks like Fran's character's house yeah. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like every, mm-hmm. like Ben's mom replaces every pillow with like red pillows. And like, but she, <laughs> she honestly has a throw pillow for every, uh, holiday. every, Occasion. every yes. holiday season. So mm-hmm. they're just in constant rotation. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> then 2020 was the first time, obviously because of the pandemic that I, we weren't able to be with my family. And so I have to say that like being in this movie was sort of like the next best thing, was, you know, yeah. because they got to sort of, uh, experience Christmas with us in a weird yeah. way. And we were like, because we had already celebrated Christmas with Fran Drescher, we <laughs> ended up like laying by a pool. And we might as well, yeah, we yeah. might as well we cancel like, Let's it. Just go we might as well. Yeah. We did it. We, we already it. peaked. We peaked yeah. Christmas in September. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, now we had all been, uh, we had all been in London prior to yeah. this movie mm-hmm. and it was like, I got the call and they said, look, you know, if you want to do this movie, you got to get you know, your work permit, your dog's travel papers, your COVID negative test, get your ass on a plane because you're leaving the country. Yeah. And it's like, what? <laughs> but then once we did it, it was really like, you know, a wonderful freeing experience. Yeah. Yeah. It was like such a once in a lifetime thing to shoot. I mean, you always get close with people on location, but mm-hmm. to be doing it during a pandemic, it was like we really, we only hung out with each other so it was really and also the uh, actress who played my best friend in the movie Ellen Wong and the actor Mm -hmm. who played my brother in the movie Chad Connell are two people who I've been also Um, a big time yeah yeah, Uh, major made made me look real bad Uh, no way we were uh, like good jeans Fran is good jeans (laughs) (laughs) we know that but uh, but yeah no I I have been friends with those two actors for like over a decade and so it was like it, it was an incredible experience Ellen Wong actually it's very fun fact was there the night we the met. night that Blake yeah. and I met. Wow! Shut so she's shut an inter- integral part of our love story, and yes. so it was only fitting that she be in this movie. Yeah. Now, when you tell your other friends, like we're going to be working on a Chris, a gay Christmas movie <laughs> with Fran uh-huh. Drescher, are they like uh-huh. you are now on the gay Mount Rushmore? Like, what is the yes. reaction <laughs> to that? Yeah. There was like a handful of our friends that like I, to name drop a few, like Please? Isaac Oliver who Naomi knows yes. was literally like screaming when he found out that Fran was doing it and our friend Aubrey Plaza who was also there the night that Ben and I met yes. was like she literally like couldn't breathe she was like hyperventilating <laughs> she was like she was also like how do I get in this movie yeah. like Fran Drescher's in this movie like I need to be in this movie too like yeah it was people were freaking out yeah we loved the Christmas setup so much I mean to watch this at Christmas would obviously be so fun but to see it in the summertime, like we did, Naomi and I were texting each other being like, this is so soothing. Like it truly (laughs) was, it just, we just let it wash over us and the music and the views. We do think that there are some loose ends that we Mm -hmm. demand a Christmas setup too. We want to go to Indianapolis with Maddie and Aiden. We want to see Uh what Hugo is able to do in Milwaukee. I mean, we- Uh Fran, I think you and Frank had chemistry. 
Or maybe, or maybe Hugo takes the job. Exactly. You know. Yeah. 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 You know that? Yeah, we talked about it. It it is something that was sort of discussed. I don't think it's going to happen this year necessarily, but I would love to think if enough people watch it in the in the summer and uh, you know keep it keep keep it going, keep the love for it going. You know what's great about it, and I think that we really are distinguished as uh, a a, a rom com. Mm -hmm. That it happens to be about a gay couple, but it doesn't deal with any of the angst of coming out or anything. Mm-hmm. It totally pushes the needle forward. Yeah. You know, everybody in Hugo's world Supports. loves him as accepting right. of him. I'm as proud of him as I am my other son. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we're actually living in a world where mm-hmm. it's as normal as having a kid with brown eyes and yeah. a kid with blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, Fran, when we were doing press, you were because like so many people were comparing our movie to the, like, three other gay, you know, movie, uh, Christmas movies that came out. And Fran said such a good thing. I remember you were like, our movie starts off where those, like, an LGBTQ plus story doesn't have to revolve around trauma. Of course, a lot of them do, and that's real. it's normalizing it. Yeah. I think for for us as as actors, like, I mean, at least for me, I should say, like, I look for a script, and I was looking for some, you know, because it was so sweet and so lovely. I was looking for moments to sort of, like, inject a little bit of angst in it, you know what I mean, (laughs) to make it it a little bit more relatable, I think, for me. Um, And, you know, you have to, to, like, pick and choose your moments, though. I mean, uh, you know, Fran was really good with me about being, like, you just got to make sure you're not relentlessly negative and that you're just saying no to absolutely everything that Kate's throwing at you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, don't be such a commit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, and and so I, she really, really helped me strike that balance, I love that I it's think. in the Midwest, yeah. too. I'm from I'm from Indianapolis. Like, it's like, you don't... I, I had friends that were out in high school, like Patrick's character, and it's like, that mm-hmm. does happen, and it and it's nice yeah. to see. It's almost it's not aspirational because we should all already be there, but it is like let's mm-hmm. say this is the new normal, and then move forward. Right. And if you're not yeah. doing this, then we don't like you, and you're not going on the gay Ru- Mount Rushmore. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Fran, I know you have to run, honey, because you're booked, busy, blessed. But we just want to thank you so much for coming and talking to us, and for blessing us with the Christmas setup because it was such a fun time. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you all. And good to see you guys. Yeah, we love you, Let's Fran. make a plan. Let's yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, Coming we'll, out we'll to the beach. And you guys meet <laughs> up and then maybe the next time loop us in, whatever. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll be see. We'll <laughs> see. Cancersmancer.org. Mm-hmm. Make sure you go check it out. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Fran. Thank Thanks so we much. We love you, Bye, Fran. Fran. Bye, Fran. Love you. Bye. Um, ben and Blake. I have a couple cues for you if you still have some time. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so uh, Naomi and you guys. I have so many questions. you guys are friends. Okay, you go, but I have questions. Sorry, can I just say thank you so much for having us? Because I'm fairly certain that the day that Naomi posted about this on, do you remember this, Naomi? You posted about it on Instagram, and I slid into the comments, and I said, OMG, do Christmas setup. Yes. Don't know you. Never met you before. <laughs> um, and I know. Here we are. And that's we how we got before. it done. Though we got it done. It's true. I don't. It sometimes happens. it pays. Again, another um, another example of when aggression pays off. Yeah. <laughs> like okay. So how long have you guys been together, IRL? Ten and a half years. Wow. But mar- wow. married for married for five and a. Five years. Wow. Okay. Long time. Long time. So, wow, that's amazing. And also, now, 
Was there anything you learned about each other doing this movie? Was this the first time you had worked together? This long, at least, you know, for yes. not just like a day, maybe. No, no, no. no. Ever. The, the first time oh. ever. I mean, the, the most we've really ever acted each uh, with each other is doing self-tapes together. And every <laughs> single time we do a tape. And which that. And you get badly, in a fight. Like, you get in a fight. Well, you get in yeah, a fight. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like, this happens. is, yeah. One this more is it. Tape, my husband and I are getting a divorce. hundred percent. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we always say. Actually, we have one to do after immediately this. after this, which is why I have a full face of makeup on. Um, but I, um, full face. Where, where, what was I saying? This was the first uh, time you'd work together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, okay. sorry. But yeah, we got a call just sort of like out of the blue. And it's crazy to think that it wasn't even a year ago. Like we got a call in August of last year. That's wild. Saying, Do you want to come shoot this movie next month uh, in Ottawa? And, uh, and I think, I, I mean, I was certainly nervous because I feel like who you are at work is not necessarily who yeah. you are in, in. Yeah, exactly. Totally. You know? Totally. But Naomi, for you, like there's, I feel like there's a lot of crossover with like you, you work with your partner all the time. Yes. And I don't recommend it, which is why, <laughs> which is why I was asking because it is, it's so true. It's not just that, but then also, you know how it's like, you're both talented, right? You love each other, but you may have different styles or the way uh-huh. you actually just kind of execute. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. one of you might be like, I yeah. love to be friends with everybody on set. And the other person's yeah. like, I'm going to sit in this, in my trailer and get it yeah. together. We were yeah. pretty good though. Like, I mean, it, I think like the first scene we shot was like a scene where I'm bringing out like decorations to my car. And I, I say to you like, oh, like we should meet up this. I don't know. We, we should hang out or something. Yeah. Like that. No, yeah. the right. first I'm so sorry. Oh, no, you're right. So sorry I'm you lying. have to see this, but that was not the that first. That wasn't. The first, but the first thing we shot together, like just us, just oh, just the two of us. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it was really crazy because I think we were both we're both very different from Patrick and Hugo, and so yeah. like I'm not like a brooding, you know, like lumberjack. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I felt like it was like we both were just like, oh, cool, like that's what you're doing. That this works. Like we yeah. in that okay. moment, we were like, th- like after. Pat, our director, like yelled "cut." We, it was like kind of a funny moment. We were both like, "I like, okay, I like, I like what you're doing. Choice. I like what you're doing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. you guys have fun. undeniable chemistry. My God, um, like I said, it, we were like, it was too good. We, we only want it was good. partners in rom coms going forward. <laughs> like, it yeah. really, it just felt so. We were nervous though. Yeah. We were like, what if we don't have? You know, like yeah. it happens all the time. I feel like we eyes keep... wide shut. They have no chemistry. Well, okay. and then that's, that's that, that people are criticizing your actual relationship. Like it's like if you're yeah. acting with someone, yeah. then it's like they don't have chemistry. You're like, yeah, that's not my day. Yeah. But like if yeah. it's you guys, you're like, this is our merit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it was a lot of pressure, but we were, yeah, I think, I think we, we were pleasantly surprised and also just like pleasantly surprised, like how invested people were or are in that narrative. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. People love, totally. I mean, Lifetime, there are no dummies, you know, they, they knew that that was like an angle that people would really respond to. And, mm-hmm. um, which is very weird when it's your marriage, you know what I mean? Right. That, like, definitely. You, you know? guys were like a package. De- they approached both of you at the same time. Yes. Wow. Yes. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Oh, I love I love this love between you two and how it's very palpable in this motion. Ba- like, you know, I'm sex negative, which means ugh, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to see it. <laughs> when you guys kiss, like I literally I wrote in our notes. I was like, I've never wanted to see two people kiss yes, more. Oh like, it was like, because like, you know, lifetime, lights. you only get like two mm, mm. Yeah. northern lights and kissing. I was like, OK, OK, this is beautiful. This is what we want. They actually broke the mold for this movie, which like normally you don't get to kisses in so we're told because again 
I can't, we can't it's claim true. to have seen many, but many or any of them. In <laughs> but full. it is that like, last kiss. And, and Pat, our director, who was gay, and Ben and I, we were all like, they're going out to look at the stars. Like these gay guys are kissing. Yeah. Like at least they're at least kissing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we have to show that. Unless you want to tell that deeply a sex negative story, <laughs> which no, we wanted no, the kisses. We didn't want it. We didn't want it. No, yeah, we wanted the kisses. So, we're glad that you guys were uh, into that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. More into, I mean, when Maddie and Aiden kissed, I was excited. But when you guys kissed, I was electric. Like, <laughs> just laying in my bed at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> they need to make it work. <laughs> um, before we lose you guys, we have listeners that call in and tell us their real life, lifetime situations that we've been through. That they've been through, that they've been through. And we would love to play just a short voicemail from one of our listeners telling us a lifetime situation. And then we'll just, I don't know, try and give them advice or walk them through it, if that's okay. Right. Or just start writing the movie based yes, on their experience. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Whatever yeah, yeah. you feel. Um, these people are, they're it's dramatic, okay? Yes. They're at the end of their rope. Yes. So uh, we have to have open hearts. They need our okay. help, but we are not liable, if that makes sense. Okay, okay? Sure, sure. <laughs> okay Julie, could you play number two? Thank you. And my lifetime story is my freshman year of college, um, I was 18 and I fooled around a couple times with a guy and he told me, oh, I kind of just only want to be friends. Is that all right? And I said, that's fine. I wasn't really looking for friends that I was fooling around with those. So I just said like, you know, maybe we shouldn't be friends. And he went off and sent me like eight paragraphs in a row telling me that, was, that he wished I would die, that I was an awful and horrible and like call me a fat pig or something. It was terrible. So I was like, you know what? I am 18. I am in my freshman year. I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to squash it. So I called campus police and they said, uh, well, did you text him saying to stop texting him? And I was like, oh, okay, I'll do that. So I texted him and I was like, hey, I've called the police. Uh, stop texting me because you're being a little wacko. And thankfully he stopped texting me after that. Um, he messaged me again like two years later on the app that I met him on and when he showed me his face I was like nope and immediately blocked but it was definitely a very interesting uh, introduction to my college experience for sure <laughs> campus wow. police campus police yeah. is involved yeah that's that's a, that's a long way from Christmas setup. We're yeah. into we're into real <laughs> real gay panic territory. I feel like that's their like what Lifetime's doing like a summer like killer m movies or something right now. Like that yes. yeah, yeah, that goes in that talk plot. about angst. Um, <laughs> I mean, when you know, at the same time, it was like it's terrifying, it's crazy that this guy would not take no for an answer. But there's also a part of me that's like that that intensity around not knowing how to just accept somebody saying I'm not interested. Yeah. That is so freshman year of college. Oh, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, did anyone go, like, when you didn't know how to, like, hook up? And then, like, what is it when you hook up, but you still kind of live near the person? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, in a dorm, and you're like, I see you at breakfast, but we don't talk. I think if this was, like, the lifetime version of this, he would have called campus police, and the guy would have been campus police, you know? Yeah. like. The call is coming from inside the campus police station. <laughs> and then that, like, because, like, this ended up having a happy ending. Like, the guy even circled back and was like, are you in totally. now? And he's like, no, I'm still no. good. In <laughs> lifetime, good. this would have been, like, running through campus, got, like, right. a knife, flashlights yeah. bonking each other on the head. Grinder yeah. gone wrong. It would have been Grindr like that. Grinder gone wrong. That's, that's the title. That's the title. It is. Yeah, Grinder gone, gone wrong. wrong. I feel like when you and I met, I was very, we lived in different, Ben lived in Canada and I lived in LA and 
so we were doing long distance for the first like few years. And I was like there, I was kind of the guy being, oh, yeah. like, I was like, you need to get a Blackberry because we need like to <laughs> message each other. I was like, like, we got a BBM. Yeah. I was like, we need BBM. And, yeah, he, and then yeah. like, and then I feel like like six months in, Ben was doing this thing where he would like play it cool and he would like not yeah. text me for like a day. And I was like, we are in a committed relationship. <laughs> yeah. I like need to know if you're alive. If you don't respond yeah. for a day, mm-hmm. that's Absolutely. insane. So wow. I guess sometimes sometimes that kind of uh, aggression can lead to a happy ending. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think the difference is funny because we play that voicemail. And for Megan and I, that's very classic Lifetime. But Christmas setup is truly a breath of fresh air when we have all these movies that are about murder and stalking. <laughs> and so... I just think I want to thank you guys. You're truly the best, and we're so grateful you could come and talk to us. You made us believe in love again. Yes. Oh, uh, thank you. Even as you married women, we'd, we'd lost hope. <laughs> <laughs> we needed the Absolutely. Christmas setup to fall back in love with our husbands that we've been locked Good. in our houses with. Yes. Oh, what a we, gift. We're, well, thank you for that. That's very good. <laughs> um, all right, you guys. You can go now if you want, or you can hang out, whatever. <laughs> All right. We love you guys. Thank you thank so you, much. Thank you for having us. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was That's, so fun. I mean, I love a Lifetime movie for it getting us to meet Fran Drescher. You know? like I know. I, 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 owe, know. I, owe, I owe something to Lifetime. I'm not a child. I'm not going to give them a trial because they'll probably separate it from its twin and then one of them will become <laughs> evil but i'll send i'll send mr lifetime a fruit basket but it won't have poppy seeds on no it. poppy seeds no poppy seeds and <laughs> no it sounds seeds. you know like we truly don't know at the end of this movie if hugo's going to london and patrick's going with him if they're going to make long distance work if patrick's moving to milwaukee and opening up an lgbtq plus law firm we don't but know. But is Hugo moving to Milwaukee? No, I thought he, he was like, Hugo moves to Milwaukee and he becomes like a woodworker. He starts whittling, you know? Because I was trying to think of the time difference between Milwaukee and London. And I was like, boys, no, I, I just don't know. If Hugo moves to Milwaukee, he has to keep practicing law and then he can do woodworking on the side. We do not need... We, Patrick is a rich millionaire tech man. Hugo loves the law. <laughs> don't make him give up his dream. <laughs> oh, I guess Megan, there's no you're... real hero or real villain. There's no villain. No, no, no. Everyone's lovely. Yeah, every... this movie is lovely. Yes, everyone is a hero, and everyone's the only a hero. Villain. I guess the only villain I can think of is just like 1900 society that wouldn't let two gay men <laughs> be out and in love. Oh, I thought the villain was whatever towns whatever town council was trying to tear down the train oh, station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they didn't they have the were... right to it. Exactly. Terrible. Honestly, real hero Edgar Ca- Edgar Carroll and Ashby making love work in the before. This was such a fun movie and a Just true like it's you know, we it's like we slapped ourselves with happiness and and we took a we took a one week break from our suspense and our thrill, but we are back next back week Ooh. with a movie called Insta Killer. Wow. You guys, yeah, we're back and we're back hard. <laughs> Insta Killer is about when a woman's teenage daughter becomes internet famous, she becomes worried about the amount of attention her daughter starts receiving. Yes. Her fears prove justified when she realizes someone is stalking her daughter. Yes. Okay, back to the classics. Here's a little clip. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Chad. 
Chad. Oh, jeez. Uh, Derek. Derek. Call an ambulance. Now, of course, we're going to be watching. If you want to watch, it is on Lifetime Movie Club. I say it all the time, $3.99 a month, and you get to watch all these movies and be on the journey with us. I mean, I guess I'm ready to dip my toe back into the darkness of a woman fighting for her life. Yeah, let's insta-killer. Let's do it. <laughs> all right, you guys, we're going to do that, and we'll see you next week. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, Tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. <laughs> I Love a Lifetime Movie is produced by Julie Magruder. With Samantha Gatsik as sound mixer. Executive produced by Jesse Katz and Ted Butler. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. Us. 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 I mean, you you should know that by now. If you've gotten to this point, you should know that we're the host. Okay? <laughs> I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. 